Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the third and final part of our full interview with Danilo Gonzalez, where we discuss about Siemens Energy Solutions and trade finance. In the episode of today, expect to learn what Siemens Energy does and the role they play in the changing renewable energy sector, how do companies like Siemens Energy navigate and mitigate trade finance obstacles, whether they are technological or innovative solutions that the energy sector has adopted to streamline trade finance processes, and some success stories or lessons from Siemens Energy Solutions with much, much more, like always. Another interview that happened in person, and you can find it in full on YouTube, where you can watch Hussam and I interview Danilo, who has been fantastic to us, especially for a first industry-focused interview. We hope you will enjoy the episode. If that is the case, and when you're thinking about how you found our podcast, chances are that it was through word of mouth, social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our only request to you. The best way you can support the podcast is to head to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Corporate Treasury 101. That will mean the world to us and help more people learn about treasury. On another other note, this episode is brought to you by Automation Boutique. Automation Boutique is empowering treasury, finance, and risk management with tailored automation solution. They use robotic process automation, RPA, AI, APIs, and Power Query to create automations that can work with your existing systems. We partnered with Automation Boutique as we really like their approach to innovation and how they help the industry. For this partnership, they came up with an AI-powered automation self-scan that can help you find out if a business process is suitable for automation and how to best get started. It is totally free, non-intrusive, and only takes about 15 minutes. What's great is that the report you will get from the scan helps you determine if the benefits of the automation outweigh the costs. If you want to have a look, head to the link in the description or to automationboutique.com slash corporate treasury 101. And with all that being said, please welcome Danilo Gonzalez. Interesting. What, in your experience, has been the biggest challenge in trade finance, in the energy sector specifically or in general? What's the hardest part? You've been on both sides. So you've, you've worked in the bank. You've also been on the supplier side. You probably have suppliers of your own as well who you execute trade finance with, right? What's the hardest part? I think the hardest is still, is still um, the communication and the, the let's say the all the manual work that is behind uh, behind this this kind of documents so so many people are involved so let's think about in general so you have the commercial guy uh, you have treasury you have the bank and also you have the, ca the customer okay so all these parties need to agree on something which is kind of difficult sometimes because the customer wants something my policy says I, I need to do this. My commercial person uh, wants something as well. And we, we have to meet. We have to get, a, a, get an agreement that please everyone at the same time. So there is a lot of back and forth mm. with banks, uh, with the customer, with the commercial colleagues. And um, yeah, and 
nowadays is uh, it's also important the KYC or they call it the KYT, know your transaction. Or oh, even okay. yeah. Okay. So they go, <laughs> they can scrutinize the client, the project itself. They can check if I, if you are ESG compliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everything it's, it's it can be can be requested extra documentation, the contract itself, uh, because you cannot request, for example, a warranty without an underlying transaction. So banks will call, ask, okay, so you are doing this for which purpose, right? Uh, it's, it's important. Yeah, and actually thinking about it, the financial institution or the bank that guarantees the whole, uh, the whole trade, they might not know anything about the other party involved in the case of case of Siemens Energy, your, your potential clients. So they're like, okay, if you if your client don't pay you, we will pay you instead. But they don't know the client, so how how does it go? Like, do they run a whole credit analysis? They do credit. Okay, they do also on the, on the client. Okay. Um, you can have uh, instruments in which you say, I'm going to transfer this warranty to my the another entity, Buzz, Buzz would say it. If I don't know the, who is going to be the final beneficiary, I don't agree on this. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't know with to whom we are going to deal with. If it's a, in the blacklist or right. in a sanctioned country, they will reject this. So normally it has to be clear all this, the scope, who is my party, who are the parties involved, who, who are the beneficiaries? If it's more than one, everything needs to be clear. And this is why everybody needs to be prepared for the back and forth <laughs> in terms of documentation. Yeah. So how much, I mean, I guess it will depend on the trade, the, the company, the project, but how much time does it take from the, okay, guys, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this project until the guarantee is signed and therefore the project can move forward until it was stopped so far. Like how would, what are we talking about in terms of time frame? With a good bank, two days, three days. Okay. And, Challenging uh, the banks here. If Love you <laughs> go into a more difficult region, it could take one, two months. Okay. And so that's one, two months during which the project doesn't move forward at all because either the client or the spur is saying, guys, I'm not moving. You can forward. be even disqualified because you, you didn't present the warranty. Right? No, I mean, everything can happen. But um, the, the importance is, is the communication, the anticipation. That's mm -hmm. why. If you know that you are going to need something in, in one month, in three months, you can anticipate uh, the wording. For, for instance, you can agree, pre-align the wordings with the banks. Mm -hmm. uh, then that requires expertise. With, with time, you will know what the banks accept mm -hmm. and what is a no-go according to your policies as well. And, um, and also, uh, also, if you have a good contact in the, in the banks that is uh, very independent, mm -hmm. uh, because some banks, for example, will not move a finger without a legal approval. Some others, experts in, in banking say, I check this, I like this, move forward. So the moment that you involve more people in the process, the longer it's going to take. Mm. Interesting. So you mentioned a few of them, Danilo, um, the Ukraine uh, situation. I think when you were talking about the Italian project, there was also this tax aspect that needed to be handled. What are overall the geopolitical and regulatory challenges that come together with the energy sector 
ends when it comes to trade finance? Uh, well, the, the regulators are different in every country. This is what, what we see right. all the time. So that's why you have to be prepared and uh, try to understand the country aspect situation, you know, the country regulators, the country aspects. So um, as mentioned, if in Pakistan is compulsory for an LC, then you, you don't discuss why. You just do it, right? Because you know it is like this. It's easy then. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and then in, in other countries, they have special products and they say like either that or that or that. And um, for me, it would be great if we have a standards like uh, <laughs> European standards. This is a template. Everybody can agree on this. It's fair for both parties. Let's do this. Schemes. It's called schemes. Uh, so in some countries, they have a scheme one or two. Everybody can use this scheme uh, provided by the regulators. Okay. So. But so what does that mean? Does that mean that, okay, in that country, the template that you're talking about, uh, if we can, we will advocate for it, uh, if we get there someday. But what does it mean? So like, okay, the standout for this industry and this type of trade is this type of tunnel with this percentage of the project being put in guarantee with this type of amount? Or what do you mean? Yes, the, te the template is, is basically is basically the wording without the amount or the, the tenor. Oh, okay. Right? So it's just where, where you define the concepts and you define when this guarantee, for example, is going to be executed based on what? And everybody agrees that it's fair for both parties. It's not more for me, it's not for more for them. It's equally, equally, it's fair, it's even. So then, uh, then you say, okay, let's put the amount here. Let's let's say who, between whom we are going to sign this contract mm -hmm. and we don't change anything else. And then the banks recognize the scheme and say, okay, this is the scheme that we, we also know yeah. in the country. And uh, if we have more schemes in different countries, then you can go to these standards rather than my standard, which is different from the client standard, which is different from the bank standard. That's in the legal wording. That's the hard part. It is legal wording. Okay. And then who, in the event of this, then this happens, and this you can be very creative. That, uh, they, <laughs> they are very creative. Every, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it could be a joke, but uh, if you ask a lawyer for an opinion, if they don't provide any opinion. Then he's a bad lawyer, right? <laughs> 100%. And so why is there no template yet in Europe, for instance, where you can think, okay, operations are globally standardized, more or less the same uh, ISO regulations, so like the same restriction. Why is there not a template yet? I think because the regulators haven't agreed or some and something. It's like uh, if you say SEPA, okay, we, we, let's agree on the SEPA, uh, SEPA um, standards. Mm -hmm. Fine. So why don't don't we go ahead and we agree on standard wording templates, European Union wise, for example, mm -hmm. in which all the regulators come together and decide something. Also, compliance has a, has a say on this as well. So but regulators, compliance, legal, all together should agree on something. But then, uh, then, of course, probably country by country, they will say, no, I don't like this, all compulsory requirement, we need to include this and that. And uh, and then this is where the complexity starts. Because mm. you need to, if you want to agree on something, and then you start putting exceptions here and there, there is no, no standard anymore. Right. And so, speaking of that, how close and how often do you talk with your legal department when it comes to trade finance? Little. Okay. okay. So you set up some templates and then it's done. Or oh. we 
I mean, you receive a client template, you check, you you know your policies, what is a go and what is a no go. Okay. And then you you have to, um, I mean, with some expertise, you can make your own decisions. Interesting. And then you say, okay, this is a warning or this is a no go. Then you need to come back and say, no, this is impossible. Mm-hmm. Or if you say, okay, this is a risk that I can bear, then you go ahead, but you need to assess this with your with, with the business unit saying, we are going to accept this, but bear in mind that there is a, an underlying risk in this part. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but it goes, smooth, it goes smoothly because I, otherwise uh, it's going to take longer. Mm-hmm. Legal is busy. Legal is a busy area. Uh, they, <laughs> they have a lot to do all the time. So it's a, you send a request today, uh, maybe it will, it's going to take days until they come back to you. My delay a bit the process. Yeah. Does ESG aspects bring an additional difficulty to this whole um, energy sector when it comes to trade finance? Because like the energy sector in particular is evolving a lot because of all the ESG aspect, which is becoming more and more people that are critical and important for the company. So how does that impact trade finance activities, if any? I think it's going to depend on how your company is positioned. Now we have uh, this uh, ESG agency ratings, no? uh, right. sustainability, sustainability, sustainability uh, uh, Morgan Stanley Corporate uh, International, for instance, this uh, um, carbon disclosure project as well. So that those are agency ratings for ESG specifically. Um, if you are with them, working with them and assessed by them, I think you have better cards to overcome uh, the challenges from the banks, right? So you, you say, I have green infrastructures, I have green products, I, I am very green, and then probably it goes faster. And then if you are in a risky business, then maybe maybe everything gets a little bit locked sometimes. Mm-hmm. It, it depends, I, I think. It depends on, on in which business you are. Mm. Does the energy prices affect anything? Like, do you get, if the overall energy sector is heading towards, like for today, like cost of barrel of petrol is quite high, energy prices are going up globally, do banks then look at you as an energy provider and go, hey, look, not sure if people are going to be, there's going to be a demand for, well, there's always a demand for energy, I guess, so that, that doesn't go away. Does that affect at all your relationship with the banks and how you get treated? Yeah, I mean, uh, there is a huge demand of energy at the moment, right? So uh, basically, um, it's going to be harder and harder to uh, achieve in, in terms of uh, lines, for instance, uh, with a huge demand, considering that, let's put it like, uh, if you have a 100 billion uh, re- backlog and 10% you need to cover, it's it's uh, it's a lot of a lot of lines that you need to. So you either talk to more banks, or you go to local banks, uh, or you try to use some other. Um, other types of instruments. Uh, so it's going to depend on what is your going to be your strategy to to cover this demand. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you say, okay, let's let's reduce the the offers on on, on warranties, for example. So it's like uh, you don't offer warranties just because of the final fit. Um, or maybe you say, I don't need the advance payments, and then I will skip 
the advance payment uh, warranty. Because at the end is is to cash in first. But if you don't have liquidity issues, you pay me on time. I don't give you any warranty for this, and then I can use, I can focus on performance, uh, on bid bonds, something that is more relevant for the project itself, mm. rather than uh, covering a payment or covering an advance payment. So you have to pick up your battles. You have to pick your battles. What what is what makes sense in in to achieve your goals, no? In the and your portfolio. But this is uh, this is something that uh, that is coming, definitely. Mm. And what's Siemens' role in that overall? So Siemens as a company, or Siemens Energy as a company, sorry. And how is Siemens Energy positioning itself in the global energy division and economy overall? We are supplying like 16% of the global energy worldwide. So it's, uh, it's, it's huge. And uh, we have presence in, in more than 90 countries. So it's uh, 92,000. Which types of energy? Which industries? It's... Um, so is uh, we have the gas service, which is the gas service is focused on on the, um, the large turbines and the steam turbines. Okay. Then we have the grid technologies, which is focused on the storage and transportation of energy. And then we have also the um, what is the um, the wind power, yeah. of course, and the and the grid technologies as well. So there are four main areas, but everything is focused on sustainability, affordability, and, and to have reliable energy. So basically it's reduction of, uh, of um, emissions. It's, uh, it's to provide green, to reduce the, not the Carbon green, greenhouse uh, gases, no? and also uh, reduce the energy consumption. So basically the more efficient you are, the less consumption you will you will you will have in in, in your products, mm. so this is the the key focus. And of course, you need to invest in innovation. Keep investing in innovation. But we we are there. We have the the means, and uh, now it's up to the, also the policymakers to say, okay, let's go to the next step, to the next level. And the challenge is also that not every country is at the same level. No? So maybe Sweden, Norway, they say, well, we are very green, but in other markets. Uh, they are not that developed, so they are you, the demand of your products is less or different. So you need to adapt uh, to, according to the development of the country, mm. what the country is requesting now. Uh, it's solution A or solution B, or is the advance of A or B? Uh, this is the, the the biggest challenge, I guess, because we are we are global companies, so you need to you have customers at different levels according to the countries. And so among the different challenges that you mentioned in trade finance, but also in the energy sector overall, how does the Siemens Energy Treasury team navigate those? I'm thinking, for instance, about the, the, the fact that you said each country has its own regulator, regulations, expectations when it comes to trade and trade finance. How do you navigate all this? Wrapped into how do you navigate such a hectic and, yeah, quite some uh, topical industry that is the, that is the energy one? Yeah, I think um, in 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 our company, what we try to do is is to to have the proper expertise in every in every country where we where we have a presence. So mm. we have teams that dedicate are dedicated to specific markets and specific countries. So like this, 
you have the knowledge, the enough knowledge to solve your problems, but also it's important to build good relationships with your banks, with your, uh, with your partners in which you know exactly how the, the game works. Mm-hmm. You need to play a good game yeah. and, uh, and you need to have a key persons on the banks that will solve your problems. You will have your key customers as well. And um, all the key players in the in the question need to need to talk to each other. But also, it's important to have uh, um, policies inside your company. So like this, you you know exactly what you are allowed to do, what you should not be doing, to mitigate the risk. And uh, if you don't have this, uh, it could be tricky to make good decisions, mm-hmm. right? So if you have internal rules, you say, okay, I know until how far I can go. And uh, you have the expertise, you have your banks, you have your clients, everybody talking to each other and running as smoothly as possible, but it's, it's never that smooth, but, <laughs> but uh, never. never, it's, um, but it is, it depends on, depends on the market as well. Yeah. How do you, how do you develop, nurture and maintain that expertise? Is it, is it bringing in house very trade finance experts? Is it growing them in-house because of the very specific challenges Siemens Energy has? Is it drawing and tapping into the expertise of banks? Because obviously they, they see and have a lot of trade files, right? So how do you, how do you make sure that you always stay up to date with all this and always have the best expertise to tackle the challenges each country and project comes with? Yeah. One, one is exactly, exactly to keep close contact with the banks because, uh, uh, they they know the regulators, they know what is going on in the market. Have to. So it's, it's important that they, that they give you feedback all the time and you ask for this feedback as well. So keep close to the banks because they know a lot, use them, use their knowledge. Um, also, of course, you need to have a set of, uh, professionals, trade finance professionals, but not only because, uh, trade finance is also very well connected to cash management. Um, in the, in this sense, you can have a treasurer covering not only trade finance aspect, but also as well, the cash management component, you know, as in, as in the example that I explained, there was a combination between trade finance and cash management. Right. It could be even an FX component, because if you are having a warranty request for in a foreign currency, if you are the FX manager, you can also raise your hand and say, okay, I have a FX topic here as well mm. in, in this future project. Yeah. So all these three pillars work uh, closely. Mm. So of course, it depends on the company. You can have a, a competence for trade finance and effects and cash management, but um, at local level or a regional level, it could also make sense to have uh, experts that cover all, all these three products and it's going to be even more attractive. Yeah. And so linking expertise with technology, how has the technology in trade finance evolved and what are, do you see any trends or any latest innovations in trade finance that's okay. That's particularly useful for our industry. If there are specific tools for the energy sector or like in trade finance in general, how do you navigate this and how, which tools do you choose to work with when it comes to trade finance? Yeah. And uh, when the, um, when you achieve a certain size of the company, then, uh, then it always makes sense to try to find an internal solution uh, because this is the way how you cover ground. So if I have a 
if I go in a service provider that is going to cover one part of the region or one region, it's probably not going to be sufficient. And and this is when the big companies say, I'm going to build something that will solve all my problems internally. And then I will probably look at service provider to, for example, to connect me with the banks. And, yeah. um, but like this, you can have a better internal transparency, internal control. You can have workflows in terms of approvals, who does what, who is responsible for what, audit track, and then you can, uh, what, what we see, you know, we see a lot of uh, now tools that connect with different banks, but then uh, again, it's, it's challenging to find out if uh, this service provider is covering all my banks. Because if uh, if you if you want to buy a product and they say like, yeah, I, I cover 30% of your, of your market, then is then I will need three, four partners for the same. Mm. And uh, I don't know if it's efficient um, to be connected in three, four different platforms. Then the banks will have an, another platform offering the same. Um, but if I have my own thing, my own database connected, I think it's, it's what uh, it's the dream. Uh, you keep the knowledge, you keep the track on the things, the workflows, and you are connected to the banks. This is the probably the future. Interesting. But so I, I suspect if it was a, a contract with Siemens Energy, a third party provider would say, okay, right now we are connected with only 30% of the banks that you're talking about, but we can make an effort to connect with those other banks as fast as possible. Or would, would it be too much of an effort on the system that does that as well to say, okay, look, we cannot cover that school. It, it, it is a big effort. And also because uh, um, even for simple stuff, banks might not have the infrastructure. Okay. It's a small banks will say, I don't have the capacity to, to implement what you are asking. Mm. And so then focusing on your solution, because I think that will interest lots of treasurer. How do you, how do you unlock the resources to build an in-house solution, especially when it comes to trade finance? Because I mean, we, we know it. And one of the main feedback we get is that, um, the treasury function is not always super well funded, uh, because it's, it's still a support function. And even though it gets more and more strategic, it's like. Hiring talent is sometimes difficult, but like let alone unlocking budgets to implement third-party uh, systems. But like when it comes to developing your own solution in-house, how do you go around with that? Because that, that's quite a significant effort as well on the corporate yeah. side. It takes years, honestly. Yeah. So you start with something and then you you develop. You know, little by little, you start developing your according to your needs. Now, because you will discover by the years that you need this, you need that, and the, the trends also, the, you know, the Technological trends will will navigate uh, will navigate you to to different solutions, and um, but the thing is, if you have experts, you can you have two ways. You either you outsource your IT part, in which you say, okay, my treasury IT is going to be outsourced to the general IT department, or I keep it in house in treasury. So you have the treasury IT department. Mm. For me, either way could work. But it's, uh, it's having a treasury IT uh, could be probably more attractive for, for people in the way that I have been doing treasury for 10 years. I need to see something else. Okay. So you, do you like technology? Do you like treasury operations? Uh, why don't you go into this department and, Super cool. and you will have better insights than a normal IT guy, right? So you could add value. That's an amazing career, uh, career advice here. Yeah, like definitely. And developing new skills, having the company help you developing those skills and then bringing 
tremendous amount of value to a treasury department. In, in different projects, this may would make the difference because uh, if you don't know what you are building, it's it's going to be very difficult to for the end user. Uh, the end user will come back and say, "This is missing. This is missing. This is not working." And then you just you try to connect the dots, but if you never did it, the end-to-end -end process, and you don't know why this end user is requesting this, it's going to be harder. Mm. Right? Typical. That's good career advice overall. Sense. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything that we uh, haven't covered about trade finance that you'd like people to know about? Uh, well, uh, for me, trade finance is it's a really important area of treasury no? because it's, um, it, has, um, it, it helps the, the liquidity on, on the companies. No? And at the end, you know, treasury is the guardian of the balance sheet. So mm -hmm. it's very important. And uh, it's better that we as treasurers um, try to find solutions rather than service providers finding the solution for us. No, we have to be proactive in this regard, I guess. Mm. Super cool. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Daniel. Thank you very much.